I am the bone of my crop. Foam is my body and wood is my blood. I've created over a thousand props, unknown to death, nor known to life. None have withstood the time to rate this many props. Yet those hands will never hold anything. So as I pray, unlimited prop works! Hi, we're the Conventional Podcast. You think going to conventions is easy. However, they're anything but. Wake me up when this month is over. Really? Screw you, I'm waiting for the 21st night. You can go storm Area 51 all you want. Well, we can't go to the Area 51, Ray. We gotta go to Ramen Con. Yeah, I know. We discussed this in the panel episode. Uh, yeah, I know. But also, I get to enjoy Friday the 13th in my favorite month of September. Why is September your favorite month? So many things happen. You got literally Earth, Wind, and Fire memes for days. You I know. Those are this, the best. This is. I literally posted one like this morning. Yeah. <laughs> this is the perfect month for me because it's nothing but memes and good music. And it's one month away from my second favorite month. Halloween. Exactly. With all that crazy goodness. Yeah. And then it's also super early Christmas season. It gets early every year. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget. Isn't Black Friday in October? No, that's November. Oh, that's even worse. It's, it's the Friday between Thanksgiving and, uh, and like, the weekend. Judgment Day? Uh, well, I mean... If you're working retail, it's Judgment yeah, Day. Yeah, it's, I must say, a little bit of comedy. <laughs> comedy. Yeah. <laughs> to all the people working in retail, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a reason I've never worked in retail. There's a reason I did. That's some Game of Thrones shit, man. Just don't. D- yeah, just stay out of retail if you can, my good people. Yeah. Anyway... Welcome to September, where we have another topic for you guys. This month, we're going to be covering props. Yes, we are covering props, but we are not doing it in depth because we would be here for like two days. Yeah, no. This this is like a whole different beast and gamut. Like, literally, we could just probably spend one hour talking about swords. And that's not a joke. And that's not even getting to like lances and axes and thighs and pole arms, and bows and arrows, and guns, and Lord knows other knows. other weapons I'm forgetting. Oh, no, no. Here's the scary part. That's just different types of weapons. We're not talking about materials. We're not talking about plushies. We're not talking about the nitty-gritty. We aren't even talking about armor, either. That's not a prop. Yeah, yeah, but, well, depending on if it's, like, a shield compared to, like, armor, armor, but, yeah, like, yeah. but, yeah. Just to let you guys know, this episode's gonna be kind of a little bit of a brush-up, just to give you guys a good idea of how props are done the depth of the nightmare and the rabbit hole that is prop making. Yeah, because it's going to be very, it's very intro to props. It's not, hey, we're talking about this material and this material specifically only and what you can do with it because uh, there's a lot that you can do with certain materials and it can go on for a long time. That actually does bring up a very fun fact. One of the projects that we do have for the show is... We're trying to at least go deeper into that per object, per item, per et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you guys actually want to see a separate show, heck, we'll do a YouTube channel specifically for it. If you want to see that, give us a shout out. Just 
Let us know what you like. Yeah, let us know what material you'd like us to work with. We wouldn't mind trying making something and then showing how we do it. Or, hey, I know you want to cosplay this thing. You should try making your prop out of it for this. Right. So, if you like it, go for it. But, let's... Before we get into the biggest topic of all, usually we do not like to start our shows with somber notes, but this one's hitting closer to home as... Both me and Cloud both are affected by the topic. Yeah, and it also really affects our community just in general. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, at the Crunchyroll Expo, so unfortunately, one of the people staying on the 19th floor used a gas to commit suicide, and it affected the two floors above it, the 20th and 21st floor, and sent a lot of Crunchyroll Expo attendees to the hospital. Yes. So, it was specifically nine people that were hospitalized that we know of. To our knowledge, nobody else was killed with the gas. It was just people were getting horrible side effects from it. But the reason why we're bringing this up is, number one, it is news, and it's something that people need to know about. Two, people also need to know that people still love and care about you. And if you ever do feel discouraged or feel like taking your life, please call the suicide prevention hotline in the link below because we'll link that because anytime we talk about suicide on this show, we'll be linking that number in the description below. Right. Just like Cloud said, if you know someone that's in a crisis or you yourself are in a crisis and you don't know who to run and talk to, please contact 1-800-273-TALK. That's the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They are always open at 24-7. They will always be there to listen to you. Uh, another sad piece of news that also happened recently is uh, Michael Lindsay, the guy who voiced Kisuke Uehara and Bleach, passed away over this past weekend that we are recording. Uh, our thoughts and condolences also go out to his family. Yes. So now on to some more positive news. We will have a review coming out for Anime Magic, which we were pressed for, coming out on Friday the 13th, as Jack said earlier. Yep. Can love me some Friday the 13th. Yeah. That's been a little bit of a meme when we've been recording, I'm not going to lie to you. Yep. And then uh, we will also be at RamenCon, or at least I will be. We're trying to see if we can get our panels accepted still and our press still accepted to make sure that Jax can still go. Yeah, I'm a broke boy, so I gotta do what I can to get wherever I can. Well, I'm working on finishing up my cosplays for it, or finalizing my list, because I might bring some old classics back, depending on what I get finished. But I should at least have one new one. So, yes. uh, I will. I want Kaiki with a surprise for now. So. Oh yeah. Speaking of surprises, well, there's one piece that I'm hell bent on getting done by next year. And one piece that I'm not going to say squaddily about besides the series that it's from. The piece that I'm working on, it's literally me going back to what started it all for me when I was a prop maker, was Briarios from Appleseed. Not the CG versions, I'm trying to do the OVA version because I fucking love that version. But if you if you never heard of Appleseed, Briarios Hecatones is one of my personal favorite characters because he's just a sassy-ass robot rabbit man and it works. But the other series that I'm working on something with is from Cannon Busters, which we will be reviewing the living shit out of because I fell in fucking love with this series and you need to watch it. That's what he keeps on telling me. Hey, you watched the first episode, kinda. You liked it. It was okay. I was 
doesn't help that I've been, you know... You've been con- unconscious the entire fucking time. Well, that's not exactly true, but... Old ass man. But anyway, let's hit reviews. Yeah, so... Oh, goodness. When did I see this movie? I believe I saw the Love Life Sunshine movie, second weekend of August. And it was for the chorus group, and it takes place after season two. And it was actually kind of predictable, but I kind of knew that going in there. I did get some free swag, which is pretty cool. I took a picture of that, and that's up on Facebook, and I can even link on to the Twitter. And then, you know, it was kind of standard fare, and... You saw kind of how they changed it up a bit compared to the first original Love Life movie and the then the Sunshine movie. The fandom that was there was great. They're all wearing t-shirts. I came straight from work, so I didn't have my shirt on. Otherwise, I totally would have been there with you guys. And then I actually sat next to like a huge Yohane plush the whole entire movie, actually, because one of my friends brought it. So it was just there. And like people were like, yeah, that's your girlfriend. I'm like, cool. That's my girlfriend, really. <laughs> but uh, honestly... The songs that were in the movie were really good. They were fucking bops. Man, they were so good. So long as Snow Halation wasn't in it. No, no, Snow Halation oh, is, is Muse, not a chorus. But no, the, the the songs are actually really bops, and I like them a lot. The outfits are really pretty, too. Oh, my God, new cosplays. I, too many Love Life cosplays. They, were, they even announced more in the game that I'm kind of freaking out about. I'm like, ooh, I want to cosplay that, but maybe, maybe we'll see. I kind of want to try and do another dance group because I'm insane, but, you know different things for later but overall i'd probably give the movie about like a six out of ten it was pretty average for an anime movie i'm not gonna lie it's nothing like your name or anything like that i mean fair enough see you were doing that while you were at the movies i was going down retro lane and in my retro gives me life segment that somehow pops up every fucking time we do this show i have been re-watching a tried and true old favorite for a lot of people, Berserk. Berserk's great. Berserk is the <laughs> shit. I mean, you you got us some classic guts. I'm like, oh, yeah. If you hate on guts, what the hell is wrong with you? I mean, the 2016 frying pan. Well, well that, that's a different thing. We're talking about the classic here. You stated that in the beginning. Yeah, you didn't no. talk about the CG thing. Oh, no. I'm watching all Berserk. I ah. went from top to bottom because I needed to see the comparison. See, I grew up reading the manga and... Oh, oh, the new stuff that is finally coming out. Please, start from the beginning, get all the way up there, because I refuse to spoil the good shit that just finally started happening. I started rewatching the anime the way I originally first started watching it was the dub. I've been cranking up those tunes ever since. I love me some Guts, I love me some Berserk. Anybody that says Griffith did nothing wrong, you're insane, and you need to look into some help. Seriously. I mean, you said what I was thinking, so 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 to be good. Yeah. <laughs> now I saw the Good Boys yesterday because I was originally going to talk about Vinland Saga here, but the problem with Vinland Saga is that when I tried to watch it, it's on Amazon, and I don't got Amazon Prime. I got rid of that a couple months ago because I just use the free trials when they pop up. So if I can somehow get like another free trial. Like, within this month, I might try watching it that way. So instead, I saw a movie, and I saw The Good Boys the other day. It was basically was, like, a coming-of-age story for, like, three kids. And, oh, my goodness, I'm forgetting the name of the film here. The one with Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah and McLovin, I'm forgetting the name of it. You're talking about Superbad? Yeah, Superbad. So it basically felt like Superbad, but it was with, like, younger kids and, like, their tweens, and they're learning about how things are going to change in middle school and how they're going to slowly drift apart, but they still actually want to be friends and like at the end of the day. But overall, it was a pretty solid movie, and it was actually really funny. 
and they definitely abuse a lot of sex jokes and be like, here's this sex toy, but I have no idea what it is, or I'm at least playfully unaware of what it is in the movie. So it was pretty funny. I'd probably give it a solid 8 out of 10. I'll give it a look-see. All right, so let's talk about Netflix movies really quick. I grew up in the 90s. I fell in love with a metric shit ton of old school 90s cartoons. Like most people in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. One of which, well, two of which, let's be real, was Rocco's Modern Life and Invader Zim. Both classics. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I once upon a time had the complete box set of Invader Zim. Wait, you had where to go? I somehow destroyed the DVDs watching them back to back to back to back with nothing but director's commentary. The disc actually warped how much I watched this show. I am in love with damn near anything Jonan Vasquez does. So that's kind of a testament to how much I watched Invader Zim growing up. A lot. Yeah. To find out that Enter the Forpus was coming to Netflix, that almost made me pee myself. And watching it, holy shit, was the wait worth it? If, you, if you've never heard about Enter the Forpus, I don't know how, but if you've never heard about it, essentially it could be considered, hey, what happens in between the time between the final episode with the Christmas special where we are introduced to Mini Moose and now? It's literally a time skip movie where it explains, oh, what has Zim been doing this entire time? He's been sitting in a toilet. Basically. Yeah. And then, and then, oh my goodness. There's so much I don't want to spoil it, but. It's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. Because we watched it during dinner today before we recorded. Yeah. Now, this is something that um, diehard Invader Zim fans need to know before they go and watching this movie. It does, it follows the show. But unless you've been paying attention to the comic series that has been popping up, a lot of things are going to kind of seem like weird jokes that pop up. Specifically, uh, one of my favorite characters, Fudio 3000, a lot of people don't really know who Fudio is unless you read the comics. And then Mini Moose is Mini Moose, there's really no question. And Gurr was doing Gurr things. Gaz, get, oh my god, that, that entire entire thing with gas is just perfect there's a lot of plot holes that yeah that's probably like the one downside of the film is that is that there's a decent chunk of plot holes in right. the thing like there there's certain things that happen that if you watched invaders m as much as i did you have questions like one one thing i'm not well i'm actually happy to spoil this one tax ship pops back up into the show so one of the big things is oh tax ship is still up and running why Hasn't it gone after, you know, tack? But that that's neither here nor there. Either way, it's a great movie. Worth the watch, especially if you're an old Invader Zim fan. I, I won't call it a perfect movie, but it is a perfect callback. That being said, let's jump to the Rocco's Modern Life movie that came out called Static Kling. That literally <laughs> happens after the final episode where they're launched into space. And they finally realize that Heifer's fat ass has been sitting on the remote that can send them back to Earth. So now they're coming into the 21st century where all the shit that they're used to from the 90s is no longer there. And they're trying to bring back their favorite show. It's There's so many references, so many like direct call-outs to our culture nowadays. 
just so much stuff that happens and the way that they actually treat everything it's perfect it's respectful it's it's just so much happening at once that you won't even pay attention to certain things until you rewatch it at least three times it's a great movie if you want something that's actually going to give you that nostalgia feel but also smack you in the face for being nostalgic this is the movie for you Man, I get slapped a lot then because I love being nostalgic. It's like my biggest oh, thing no. to do all the time. No, that's the thing. They they call you out on being nostalgic and looking at the past with rose-colored glasses. They flat out know that the show could have been better. They know that there's a lot of flaws where they were. But they also know that trying to say that, oh, this show back in the day was the best fucking show ever... I personally think that that goes into the territory of Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go. But we're not going to go into that right now. Oh, boy. Don't. Let's not get that argument started. Yeah, no, that's how we get the lynch mobs. But, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't... No, they, they might as well have called them out on that because, quite frankly, it's the same concept. Hey, the old show was good. This is the new show. Time moves on. It sucks. It happens. Whatever. Personally, I hate Teen Titans Go. But my point being... I mean, I'm not a fan of it either, but... <laughs> Once again, we don't want mobs. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. I one of these days, I'm just gonna go on a tangent of why I hate Teen Titans Go, but also respect it. Anyway, now on to two other shows that are not on Netflix that I really wish were because it took me a while to uh, binge watch this. Actually, no, one of them is. One of them is. Don't don't let me lie. Um, Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone is science. Yeah, it is. That's basically science the show. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Stone is one of those things where, holy shit, I like this show not because it is science-based. I like anything that's science-based, personally. Any show that tries to make science legitimate, even if it's, like, bullshit anime science, I like it because it kind of jumps the, jumps the shark of science versus metaphysics. It's a good thing to me. Dr. Stone will teach your ass science. <laughs> like, it smacks you in the face with science. Some of the science is bullshit, but also we're learning with the series as it goes. Essentially, the idea of the show is, hey, something happened. The, every human being in Swallow got turned to stone. Why? I'm not going to spoil the manga because they're getting closer to a decent answer. But... The anime is at a good pace. The art style is very reminiscent of, ironically, it looks like something that was from, like, Berserk era. So what you're telling me is if I make science references now, you won't get mad at me? No, I'll still smack you, but... <sighs> God damn it. Like, nothing stops my smacks or my rage. This... Except my hands. I'll eat your hands. No, you won't. I'll do it. Now... You haven't yet. I'll try, but... Yeah, so... keyword being tried. Nah. <laughs> All right. so, Anyways. Yeah. Dr. Stone, I personally rate it out of 10. I'll give it an 8 because it's just starting. The story is getting really good right now. So this is around the time you want to watch it. This is the time you want to touch it. There's one that's not on our list that I was going to touch on, Fire Force. Oh, yeah, the one that's very similar to the new movie called Promare. Yeah. Because apparently, like, Fire Force has been a thing for a bit, but then Promare released, and then the anime for Fire Force got released after the premiere movie it's a did. digimon versus pokemon bullshit yeah again. and 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 it's like oh man but they they have like a similar concept to an extent i don't think they're the exact same i think there are slight differences i haven't 
seen either of them because I tried to see Pro Mare at Anime Expo, but the line was so long, I yeah. couldn't get in because, like, I literally would have had to be in line for, like, four hours. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Because, like, No Witch Academia, I remember seeing the premiere for that at Anime Expo, and I, I was in, like, at least a two-hour line for that. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Anime Expo lines are ridiculous if you didn't hear that in the review episode, but they still ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, in addition to Premier being shown at Anime Expo, Dr. Stone was heavily advertised. There were, there's actually a truck and like three sides of the truck all had Dr. Stone on it. Damn. Yeah, no. It's a really good series. I'm not going to lie. Let's jump ship to the last but not least thing on this list for me. Holy shit, Cannon Busters is good. Holy shit, is it good. He's literally been talking about it nonstop. Let me put it this way. I've... Ne- okay. I have watched He loves lot- retro past ish. Shut up. It's, it's not true. my fault, it's true. It is true. <laughs> but the reason why I like this show isn't the retro feels because it's got this weird Cowboy Bebop meets Outlaw Star meets Trigun meets like Sandland and Desert Punk feel. It's got all of these good vibes going at once. It's not the characters. The characters are great. Don't don't get me wrong. The storyline, the plot, the art style, everything is going for this series. But the reason I like it is it makes me do something that I've never... Well, I won't lie. It's something that I rarely do with anime. I can't skip the opening at all. See, why do you skip the openings? Because I never skip openings. No. Sometimes I'll skip endings depending on the ending. But openings, I always watch. Because usually most animes I watch, they usually have a bopping opening. Now, that's the thing. Almost all of my favorite anime have bopping music. Problem. I get bored, and I want to actually jump into the action. Immediately. With Cannon Busters? That opening, I can't stop. Like... We need to get you some patience, my good sir. No, no, no. I well, have patience. I just don't, I have, don't have time. I don't know. They're, they're, that's debatable at times, my good sir. Let's be <laughs> Look, just because in my logic, if I'm sitting in a, in front of a brick wall and someone tells me to go around and I blow up the wall, does not mean that I don't have that, patience. That's not what I was referring to, and you know it. That's what I do. But anyway, but my thing is, Cannon Busters is one of those shows that I can't... There's so many reasons why I can say to support this show. It is... Above all else, it is a series that is written by a phenomenal writer. I can honest to God say, hand to chess, they completely toppled my expectations of this series. When it comes to the music itself, I, again, I keep gushing about the music because it's very rare for me to actually care to listen to an opening over and over and over and over. And I mean this, like, for every single episode. Usually I try and skip the openings because I want to actually be able to get stuff done in a day. I want to get, I want to keep my anime viewing time to a certain time limit per day or else I'm not going to be able to do anything. See, I'm the exact opposite. I love watching the opening every single time. That's sometimes actually my favorite part of some episodes, especially if you get to, like, the really in and in episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, at least the opening's still good. It's a bop. Because oh, yeah. so. The other thing that the show does that, honestly, the only show that has ever been able to do this is Cowboy fucking Bebop. Well, that's a classic for many yeah. a reason. But... No, the only show that has ever been able to force me to sit down and listen to the ending every single time. That is something that's Hironi even Kenshin didn't do that for you? Oh, uh, no. Out of curiosity? Really? Because no. I think the opening and the ending for Hironi Kenshin no. were both solid. Freckles bops. was a bomb-ass song, but I played enough DDR when Hironi Kenshin was on Toonami that I didn't give a fuck. 
But what about the ending, though? No, didn't give a shit. Oh, wow. Ending's like... I think that ending's better than the opening, personally. No, it's a really good song. Don't get me wrong. Game Revolution, actually. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm like... If I listen to the song maybe once or twice every couple of days, that's perfectly fine by me. But if I have the option to skip it, I'm going to skip it. Because I can tell you, um, personally for myself, this year when Certain Magical Index 3... For 24 episode animes, during around the halfway mark, they'll have like a, an opening for the first 12 episodes and an opening for the second 12 episodes. And the new opening came out this year for Star Magical Index 3. I had that on repeat for like, oh my goodness, like four months straight. I was listening to that song almost nonstop. I was probably going to start yelling at me about it, but I probably tuned you out after a while. Because I do the same thing with certain songs. I think I pissed off about 10 people just cranking like the cannon busters opening back to back to back at anime magic but whatever it's a good song it's a good series the voice acting is bomb there are certain things in the plot that i have to sit back and go i i'm feeling some avatar the last airbender vibes (laughs) the english voice acting cast god damn y'all are good for the writing style and this is not me insulting the series this is me actually giving it high praise but why is prince kilby a little bitch why because he reminds me of goddamn zuko you didn't and just want to call it the voice actor on twitter let's be real no fuck that he'll kill me <laughs> <laughs> fuck you i'm calling you on it right here in case they listen though no <laughs> I, and they can link to this exact timestamp. oh god damn it. <laughs> look i'll say it this way Prince Kilby was a little bitch, but I'm calling it out now that he has got some Zuko vibes going, so he's gonna be a badass at least season two. If he's not a bad if he's not a badass by season two or three, then I'll be sad. But he's got that whole uh, 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 what's the best way to describe it? It's it's like a masculine damsel in distress. It's weird, but he's learning he's learning that he can't be like a prince. He can't just go and order people around. He's actually learning throughout the entire series, like the little clippings that he's actually in the frame, constantly learning how to survive and learning that he can't talk down to people. And it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, you started out like an asshole, but holy shit, you're slowly growing. This is character growth, people. This is the good shit. A masculine damsel in distress? Yeah. So you mean me? Yeah. I mean, if I tie you to a tree, somebody will help you. I mean, you're not wrong. I had to probably show a bit of leg, but <laughs> no, no, you gotta show the booty first. You gotta always show the booty. <sighs> you can't just let that page die. <laughs> nope, fuck that. All right. So with all that fun bits out the way, let's actually get on with the show. So surprise! It's just us this week. No guests. Yep. It's been a while since we've actually just sat down and become the dynamic duo that we've been doing normally. We figured we'll jump back to again grassroots and cover something that both of us know fairly well. Props. Yup. Now, for this episode, I figured we'll actually start this specific topic off with a bit of a definition, because a lot of people have actually asked this question. What's a prop? Well, the proper definition of a prop, or theatrical property, is an object used on stage or screen by actors during a performance or screen production, but that's technically not exactly what it is in cosplay. Well, in the context of a cosplayer, a prop tends to be anything held or even sometimes worn that is not specifically part of a costume. Armor and helmets and such are usually costume pieces, while a sword, shield, plushie, gun, hell, even a sandwich is considered a prop. Yeah, you can even use something like basically like flowers or food, too. If you have an embroidered napkin or something like that, or a handkerchief or anything like that, yeah, that can be considered a prop. Yeah, even teacup, 
Yep. Teacups, Pocky, um, strawberries. Skateboard. Yep. Some people use pipes, um, stuff like that. So let's talk about the couple of different types of props. First of all, we mentioned the very big list of weapons earlier. Yeah. And that list keeps on getting bigger as time goes on because the weapons get more complicated, not less complicated. Yeah, sometimes you're lucky and your character is just carrying around a wooden sword. Other times you got like this galactic piece that was given to him by the holy deity, Zabumafu, or some shit like that. But we'll get to that later. Another type is plushies. Now, plushies can vary depending on the type of series. I know for, like, Magical Girls series, like Sailor Moon, for, like, the cats, Luna and Artemis, people try to get, like, a plush of the cat, for, like, an example. Uh, But it can vary from show to show. Anything from Clamp, there's a good chance Mokina, either Mokina, for that matter, is probably going to be in I know for Tokyo Mew Mew, I have a Masha plushie that I made, but the fun thing that I like to do with plushies is I like to try and make them into a purse or like a holding item. I like to try and make them have a secondary function, which I think is a kind of a neat aspect that props can have, is that you can use them as as a multitude of things. It can be for more than just one purpose. Right. Now, going down the list, we have electronics. Sometimes a phone, sometimes a computer that's busted or something like that. A speaker, a boombox, for example. Anything like that usually can be used as a prop. Yeah, and then you have... Common household items, your plates, your napkins, food that we were mentioning earlier, stuff like that. Frying pans, X, Y, Z. Yeah. So literally anything that you can hold can probably be a prop. Now, there are certain things that shouldn't be a prop and things that you really shouldn't bring to a convention no matter what. You should never, ever, ever bring these to a convention. Yes. So let's go down that fucking list. Let's talk about real steel. Yeah, that's a huge no. Basically, like, if you buy a real steel sword in the dealer's hall, that's fine. But like we said in the second episode, you keep that in your box till you get back to your room. You can't walk around the convention with live steel. That is a huge no-no. While you're cosplaying Sephiroth and you want the legitimate length sword, yeah, you might shish kebab at least four or five people on that bitch. It's not safe. It's not a good idea. I don't care if a convention allows you to carry around it. If, well, to be fair, if a convention allows you to carry around it, it usually means that the weapon is peace bonded, which means that it's sealed in a sheath, it's locked up tight, it can't hurt anybody besides, you know, blunt damage. Now, another thing that should be really obvious in today's environment of all the shootings everywhere, you can't have real fucking guns or airsoft guns or paintball guns at a convention. Okay, this is something that I actually want to talk about. Uh, A while back, I actually don't remember the year it happened, but somebody decided to cosplay the Punisher and decided to be armed to the fucking teeth with nothing but real loaded fucking guns. I don't care what state you're in. That is a terrible idea. I get it. You're going for authenticity. I get it. You're trying your hardest to actually get this shit done. There's other ways. Like, you're, you're, call, you're going to make a situation out of literally nothing. Yeah, like, point. literally just walking around, you can get in trouble and probably get arrested by the police for having that amount of firepower on you. Because that's not even, like, a concealed carry law. That's just, I have open guns everywhere and you don't have, like, a badge or permit to actually have all that type of stuff on you. Right. Now, that's something, that's something else in a nutshell. There are concealed carry states. There are places that allow concealed carry and allow open carry, even. I understand that. I respect that. Hell, I am an advocate for 
like a gun safety and b gun rights yeah um, i am too i mean as long as you're being safe with it and you're well educated i don't see why you can't have it as long as you get through the proper testing physically and mentally right however you're at a fucking anime convention there are children there's a mass amount of people it's not safe it's one of those things where it's like oh well i'm within my rights cool but you're not using common sense a lot of people aren't comfortable with the idea of you walking around with like a fucking live firearm on you at all times it's not it's not about you it's literally about the safety of people around you so when going to a convention please use common sense and respect the people around you so that a situation does not occur the next item on the list is sex toys now this includes yaoi paddles in addition to dildos anal beads anything else you want to throw in here oh god there's like a thousand lists now the thing about this topic is there's some wiggle room there's there's a little bit of wiggle room like when it comes to the yaoi paddle epidemic of back in the day those got banned because people decided that they were going to go around and attack people with the damn thing because oh senpai it's cute and kinky and sexy that I get to bop you in the fucking skull with a fucking oar. Yeah, well, that they went to like extreme length and they're like, it's like, I need to see how bad I could try to break the board on your butt or back, whichever yeah. target they chose, which yeah. isn't safe at all. Right. Now, if you're at a convention that allows the paddles to be sold or even to be carried, please use common sense. Now, that's very few and far between these days, I'm going to be honest with you, because most conventions have those banned. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the reason why we bring up the sex toy thing, this is something that's very rarely seen, but people do still cosplay hentai characters. Or even ecchi characters. They don't even specifically have to be hentai, because even I have cosplayed from ecchi anime before. This is true. I mean, I have too, but it was a very light cosplay, and it was very weird, but it was fun. Even though you're cosplaying as a character from a sexual show... You want to get permission from consent, and that doesn't mean people want those types of items around them necessarily per se either. Right. And speaking of consent, even if you are carrying around like a paddle or anything like that or using anything like that, always ask consent before you do anything to another person. No yeah, you should what. be doing that for a photo regardless anyways because that's a pretty standard procedure right now is, hey, can I get a photo? You don't just take one randomly. Right. Always remember, everybody, no matter what, Everything in the cosplay community, you always want to ask consent first. No ifs, ands, or buts. Cosplay is not consent. I'm sure we haven't said that yet in an episode, but we're going to be saying a lot more in the future. Oh, we do. Spoiler alert. episode, no matter what. <laughs> but that's... Don't worry, we're going to have a full topic on that one. Yeah. Anyway. So, so another thing not to bring, explosives. No one wants a bomb. Yeah. Um, no, no surprises. I don't, or especially that type of surprise. Yeah. <laughs> So, a lot of you are going to probably ask, Hey, Jax, Cloud, why are you talking about bombs at cons? It's not like that thing's a common occurrence. Well, my dear listener, it isn't a common occurrence, but both me and Cloud were in a situation where it did happen, and it is something that we would like to talk about. Yeah, uh, while I was driving to this convention, my car... Well, it wasn't a convention, excuse me. When I was driving to this gathering, my car actually died, so I wasn't able to make it. But by the time I got home, I had heard what had happened, and it had made it onto all the news reports in the Chicagoland area. But basically, someone but it brought somebody brought a prop that looked like a black box, which people thought was a bomb at the end of the day. Oh, let me actually be more specific, because I was there at the cosplay yeah. gathering, 
And I, I would have been there if my car didn't die because yeah. I got up, spent all morning getting ready. I was kind of pissed. <laughs> and I saw, I didn't see C, but I saw the kid running around with it, and it was one of those things where I flat out told him, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't be running around with that." But whatever, no one listens to Jags. But essentially, it was supposed to be a TARDIS. It was supposed to be a handheld TARDIS, and it was essentially a brick duct taped to an old cassette player with a bunch of wires sticking out of it. And the kids decided to play Find the TARDIS in downtown Chicago and hit the TARDIS underneath the bean. And Because that's a popular tourist location for you who are not aware, uh, that's kind of a big high emergency situation when the police see something like that yeah. at the bean. <laughs> and somebody reported that there was a, a very square object covered in duct tape with wires sticking out of it underneath this freaking monument. Well, it's not really a monument. It's an art piece that's really badass. Yeah, but, no, it's great. It's a very popular tourist spot, like I said. Yeah. So, the bomb squad was called in, and the SWAT team was called in, and the kid was detained, and yeah, it's not really a well-known situation, but it's one of those situations that is a humble reminder to a lot of cosplayers. Not everybody thinks that your prop is a prop. Also, going back on the topic of guns, because I saw it come up in the news recently, because I still play Fate Grand Order, and the summer event just oh, happened. Oh, that. Uh, there was a cosplayer, because one of the new summer characters, she rides a motorcycle on the beach, and she has, like, a rifle. So she brought a rifle to her beach photo shoot, and people didn't know that it was a prop, and people were freaking out. So even if you're doing private photo shoots while we're here, you need to make sure if you're going to be using... Something that looks like a realistic weapon you're doing on a private lot or a private location. You do not take that into public because you're also going to get in trouble with the police that way. Yeah. Also, fun fact. I legit thought that was a Dragonaut sniper rifle. I'm not going to lie. No, it looks very realistic. I'm not disagreeing there because I was like, oh, why did that person did that? Like, I know, once again, they're trying to be realistic, but, like, you need to do it in the right area and situation. You just can't go to random public beach and be like, I have a rifle. Look at me. Like, it doesn't go... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, real talk, I kind of want that. I want that rifle. I'm not going to lie. But that's just me being a weird nerd. But, yeah, no, don't don't carry actual live-looking weapons in public. It, it You will get arrested. Yeah. Or you will get questioned. So the other thing that we have on this list is actual weapons. I know we covered swords earlier, but this is more along like the lines of nunchucks and stuff like that. Quarterstaffs. Um... Okay, quarterstaffs is a little bit of a gambit because, quite frankly, you can turn a broom handle into a quarterstaff if you know what you're doing. But I mean, knives are a bit of a gambit too, depending on like a pocket knife and like a regular knife, depending yeah. on type of knife. Yeah. So if you think it's a weapon, it's probably a weapon. And if you think that you're going to get in trouble carrying it outside, you will probably get in trouble carrying it outside. Another thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that there are weapon checks at every single convention. So you should get your, if you don't think it's got past the weapon check, you probably shouldn't be carrying it. Yeah. Also, always get your stuff checked. Even if you don't even think that it's against the rules, or if you think it's like skirting the line, please go to the security, ask them to check your weapon, see if they can tag it. If they say it's not a good thing, please just take it either back to your car or to your hotel room and it's all right. Yeah, or if worse comes to worse, just leave it to your private photo shoot outside somewhere so that, that way it's not taking up convention space, right. at, the, at the very least. Right. Okay, so just something quick before we jump past this topic. 
there's one thing that we shouldn't have to say, but we're going to say it anyway. Because common sense sometimes escapes people. Yeah. Please, for the love of Christ, don't hit people with your prop. It doesn't matter what type of prop it is. You do not hit someone with it. Right. I don't care if it's consenting or not. You are literally causing bodily harm on somebody else. That is against the law, if you actually didn't know that. That's assault. Yeah, that's technically a felony. Yep. So please, for the love of Christos and love of Zabumafu, please do not hit people with your props. Live steel, you shouldn't have in the first place. Wooden or not, it doesn't matter. Don't do it. Alright, so back onto the topic of the dreaded question when it comes to props. To make or to buy. And it honestly depends on your situation. Yeah. So this rule will always apply for cosplay in general. Just research the company in person if you want to buy it or commission it. If it's a reputable source, give it a shot. And even if you think it's like your friend and you want to give it a shot, try and look at their previous work if they have any. Or maybe if if it's something new that you're both doing and you feel like you can do like an art trade, you might be able to arrange something that way because that is something some people do. Hmm. But first and foremost, I'm always going to say, hey, support your local commissioners. They're doing a bang-up job where they can and if they can. Yeah, exactly. Try and support your local community. And because I, I know sometimes, hey, I don't have the free time to do this, but I have the free time to do this. So you want to work with what's in your time schedule because sometimes it can be hard to balance everything. So you need some help somewhere. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Now, here's another big thing. I never thought I'd say these words out loud, but after going to Spirit Halloween recently... There are some good-ass props in there. There are some decent props, and if they aren't the exact way you want it, you can at least take the time to modify them, and it won't be that bad. Right, like, back in the day, you would have gotten lucky if you got some off-brand shit that would have dissolved in water. Well, I mean, Spirit Halloween wasn't big back in the day. It was mainly Party City, but Party City, trust me when I say this, it was the biggest fucking gamble. Oh my goodness. It still is the biggest Oh no, you're gamble. not wrong. It's totally the biggest gamble still. But like finding wigs back in the day when we didn't have all the wig stores that we do now, it was such a nightmare to get a wig that wasn't from Party City and to look the way you wanted it to that matched like your character's hair. Oh, don't try and style those damn things. They'll melt in the sun. Yeah, or dye them. Oh god, dying them's a nightmare. Yeah. But, I mean, there, cause there's the, you, I think it was the marker method that was the most popular, but you still, like, it was still all trial and error. And all, but we're getting into wigs, and that's different, different topic. We're, we're props today. Yep. But, so, so. <laughs> jokes. All right. <laughs> so, when it comes to the making section, this is where we have our specialties. What yes. If, and I posted online a couple of weeks back some questions that I wanted you guys to ask me. About props specifically. And one of the big questions I was asked was, how much time should I take making a prop? And that honestly depends on the prop. And it's going to vary from person to person. And the material you are using. Material is the biggest factor. And how well you know it. Yep. And detail. Detail is, is the other one, yeah. Detail is going to bite you in the ass. But that is uh, essentially your discretion. Do you want to capture as much detail as possible? Do you want to make a quick and dirty piece that actually gets the job done? It all comes down to you. How much time in the day do you have to make a prop? How much time do you have before the convention to make it? Are you willing to sacrifice not having that prop with you to get a better piece later on down the line? Are you will How much are you willing to spend if you're going to commission someone? Uh, if you Is there a replacement prop that you can maybe use in the meantime and get an additional one later? 
because I know for like certain characters I've cosplayed, I have like two or three props and I kind of try and rotate them out. Hmm. Now, there's another big thing. The, the best example I can say when it comes to time equals better detail. There was a guy several years back that made a Majin Buu cosplay. And it was ridiculously high detail. The funny part about that costume, he flat out said he took like almost two to three years to make it. Yeah, because there are some detailed costumes that really take over 700 hours of work. Like They're the ones that are winning all, all the competitions because they take the time on their prop and their armor and their clothing. And they take a lot of time to get the craft down right. They do all of their research. They research their fabric. They research the material they're using, they want, they know exactly what they're using and how it functions. Uh, cause I've been looking, cause I, I still want to make a big robot suit. So I've been doing re research on that, but there are people who just do like, I want to say like a month or two worth of just blueprinting and figuring out what materials they want to use before they even start even working on the thing. Yeah. That's... Like it, it's pretty extreme in some cases, depending on what you want to do. And there are some pros, there's some projects where, Hey, it's going to take three years and you're going to work on it for a bit, but then you're going to be really happy with the overall product. Yeah, and good example. Um, the project that I'm working on with Cannon Busters, I finished the series before Anime Magic. I haven't even finished the blueprints yet because I'm not satisfied with how they look. It is that, it, it gets that bad that fast. Yeah, because Jax and I tend to be pretty picky on details, I'm not going to lie about, because I'm I tend to be a perfectionist at times. Sometimes I kind of skimp, but... Eh, it is what it is. But it's one of those things where it's like, the more you work with it, the more time that you have and the more time that you can put into it, the better it's going to be. The second question that was given to us was how to get into prop making. And this is something that I actually take some passion to. Well, the first thing I'd recommend you look at is the tools you have around your house and what material you can use with those tools because that's going to help you get a decent basis what you need to get if you want to work with something new or what you can currently work with right now there's an old saying the right tool for the right job this in prop making is paramount you don't need an entire armory or an entire wood shop or an entire metal working area all honestly sometimes all you need is a pair of scissors and a knife sometimes it's just like that yeah sometimes you just need an exacto knife and foam and a heat gun yep sometimes, and glue. sometimes it's just like that other times, especially when it comes to sewing, especially for plushie makers, sometimes you just need that time to just get a really good sewing machine or even a crap sewing machine just to get you started. I mean, you can hand sew, but you can also just take a plush that looks similar to what you want already and modify it. That's also always an option if you can find a basic thing. Because I know for Artemis, when I cosplayed Sailor Venus, basically what I did is I found like a beanie baby, a white the white beanie baby. I added a yellow crescent moon on the top, and I opened his belly to make it basically a purse so I could put money and, like, cards in there. Hmm. It, fuck, it works. If it works, it yeah. works. Now, that's something that I have to point out. A love for building stuff, especially when it comes to prop making, that is going to save your life. If you hate working on puzzles or building stuff from Ikea, you will despise cosplay. Like, cosplay from top to bottom just building, you will fucking hate it. Yeah, because it's really a creative process and you're trying to arrange pieces so you get the look you want. And at some point you have to do stuff 
Because even makeup is its whole own art in addition to prop making and the clothing and the wig. So it's like you're putting all the pieces together to get your look. Basically doing what a costume designer does on a movie set all by yourself. And that, But there's usually like a team for that. Right. You're essentially trying to be a one-man army or one-woman army in some cases. Yeah. Now, the other thing that I should point out, you don't need to go to school for this. It's a hobby. There are YouTube tutorials. There are text tutorials. There are still tutorials on DeviantArt. Wearcosplay.com, uh, Facebook, yep. Patreon, some Twitter, cosplayers have Patreon, Twitter. Twitter has them, yeah. Oh, but here's the important thing. You can always talk to other cosplayers. Most cosplayers, if they have a bomb-ass piece, they're willing to tell you what the hell they're doing. No, yeah, for instance, I still want to cosplay Jean from Outlaw Star, and there was a Jean who made a really bomb-ass caster, and I asked him, hey, how'd you do it? He told me that step A to Z, I didn't need to do anything to show. He was willing to share with me how he made it, and right. it was great. And the other big thing is there are prop makers out there that are legit professionals that essentially work on movie sets, and they will tell you, hey, this is from this really bomb-ass game or this bomb-ass show. This is the steps that I did. Check out my blog spot. I'm not asking you guys to pay me or anything. I'm literally telling you guys how to do it. But if you want to buy my kit, here it is. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. It gives you both options. Do you want to make it or do you want to buy it? And I like, I love people that do it that I way. I mean, there are also people who will at least make the prop for you, but then you get to paint it. That's also a thing some people do. Those are kits. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, I didn't know it was specifically called a kit. But yeah. Okay. That um, makes that makes sense. Though, yeah, now you say it. So it some most people do it with resin kits or yeah or three D printing. Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, it's just literally a kit that you have to finish. And yeah. I I like those personally. I hang those on my wall. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Now the biggest thing this one, this one I cannot stress enough the willingness to learn. You can't you can't have an ego while cosplaying, especially when you're just getting into it. You can't expect perfection because you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, you have. I can to, tell you from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to take the critique of knowing, hey, this is my first piece. Tell me what it is. If someone tells you it sucks, ask them why. If they can't give you a valid reason, they're being a dildo. Basically, but I mean, if you have someone who, who you, who you know, who has worked on a certain type of material, and you just want to sit there and learn with them, or you want to make the piece with them, and just sit there and have them learn with you. That's not a bad way to go about it either. Yeah, and again, the willingness to learn and the willingness to actually take critique constantly. Um, one thing that we're probably going to cover multiple times in this is acknowledging the fear and failure. Because what Jax and I do is we bounce ideas off each other all the time. And we try to help each other out with our pieces. Yeah, and sometimes... After a while, you can hype up a part to yourself like, hey, I'm going to cosplay this and yada, yada, yada. And then eventually you're going to be like, okay, that's a little bit out of my skill range. Maybe I should take a breather and actually go to something else. I do that all the fucking time. Yeah, because you're going to be like, I started this piece, but I'm going to take like the six month year break. Come back to it. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of cosplayers do that. Let me tell you the amount of fabric I bought for cosplays that I still haven't finished is actually a decent amount. Let's talk about the mountain of fucking swords in my goddamn workroom right now. Seriously, I can make unlimited blade works right now with how many undone swords that are just sitting around. He's not kidding, but then Jax and I also both have leftover materials from previous projects that we're going to use on future projects that we've talked about. Yep. Now, the next part, and this one was the biggest question of all, 
and this actually made a great segue for it, the steps of a prop maker. What are the steps that most prop makers take? And there's something that I want to bring up to you guys. There really, there really are no true quote-unquote steps. However, there is a common mentality that a lot of cosplayers like to go down. Yeah, so the general first thing any cosplayer likes to do is get reference images for the outfit or weapon or wig. So same thing here. You're going to want to find a reference image so that you can reference it while you're making it. Second is generally blueprinting. You want to come up with a blueprint in addition to what type of material you're using so you know how to make the blueprint for that material. Now this is where it gets fun because everybody has their own special way of doing things. Some people go high tech, some people go low tech. Some people are really good artistically so they can actually just draw it on their own. Some people, like when I first started, the funny thing was I had a tube TV. I'd slap a piece of paper on top, tape it onto the sides and trace that bitch. It's how it works. Other people that are very technologically inclined and good at engineering, they'll use CAD programs. It's great. You get to see the three-dimensional stylings, and it works out that way. Um, for the artistic people, some people draw it. Some people use, like, Inkscape, GIMP, Photoshop, what have you. Yeah, so I'm using 3D printing programs because some of that yeah, has CAD. the program. Oh, that's, that's CAD. CAD. Oh, that's CAD. That's CAD. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that had a specific name either. I'm learning. Yeah. See, I'm also learning, guys. Yay! Yeah. Computer-assisted design. Ah, I didn't know what that was abbreviated for. Yep. All right. Now, the next thing that I personally say that goes with this is, excuse me, should the prop have special requirements like the need to disassemble it, safety issues, convention policies, weight, any factor that you can think of? This is where you can break down those factors. And at this point, you can also decide on what you're building it from. And that also depends on you because uh, depending on your type of car, you might not need to disassemble. It might just be able to fit just fine. It also yeah. depends on the length that you're going for, too. Because if you're going for the full seven-long-foot sword from Sephiroth, you're probably going to need to break that sucker down. But if you're going to size it to, like, four feet, that's suddenly a lot more workable. Yeah. Now, the building stages when it comes to props, I said it before, it's different. Everybody has their own different way of doing things. But that's the joy about this setup. It's a giant puzzle. How each prop is built is literally up to you. And while you're doing all these steps going down, you slowly but surely get a picture painted in your head how you want it to come together. Um, best example I can give with this is Air Gear. Iki and most of the members of Tooltoe 2, they had the ability to break down everything around them into a giant schematic that allowed them to see what they were capable of doing on each and every single piece. Which is really cool, actually. Yeah. This I, is why it's so fucking amazing. Yeah. Jax and, and I really love Air Gear, if you didn't know. We yeah. could go on a long tangent. I'm just gonna... Dude, if I could find some of those goddamn pins from the old series... Oh, man. Oh, those would be great. I know. This is something that actually goes into this. Documentation. It's something that you'll see a lot of people that do tutorials. Guess what it actually helps you when you're building stuff? Especially... Um, one of my favorite YouTubers, Chris Ramsey, he's not a cosplayer, but he's a, he loves make, doing puzzles and, oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he just does puzzles on screen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly those videos save lives because just recording yourself doing a prop allows you to go back and say, okay, where the hell did I go wrong? And you can actually see exactly where you went wrong. Cause I even did this when Jack and I were working on my MHX swords. Jack saw me taking pictures of the process every time I was doing it, and I was making, writing down and making mental notes when he was talking to me because I hadn't worked with MDF before. I had, I, I was a foam guy. I hadn't worked with wood yet. Yeah, and wood's my bread and butter. So, 
And while foam is more mine, as yeah. we both know. So. Yeah. But those are things where, like, sometimes you make a horrible mistake. And even if you make a horrible mistake, document it. Make sure it happens. When I first built Samehada, Samehada was made of a giant-ass chunk of pink-ass foam. I pretty much made the scales out of cardboard and i cut them up and i did everything all nice and pretty and then while i was spray painting this is where oh it gets no you wrong. didn't you didn't see that. i oh, was no. a kid and i didn't realize oh, that no. aerosol paint will melt pink foam like fucking yeah. flames of butter mm-hmm. make sure you use enough coats too one coat is not enough neither is two you probably need to do like five to seven yeah i learned a hard way everybody but i built five versions of this sword not because I I thought that it was a perfect prop and I need to get more of them in my house. No, because I kept fucking up and I wanted to get it perfect. I wanted to just keep redoing it until it came out right. Yeah, you keep on wanting to hone your craft and that's like one of the fun aspects of prop making is keeping on redoing it and seeing how you love up your skills. Yeah, and one of the other parts for this is Finish the piece how you think is necessary. There are certain things that you have to do. Like if you do a good paint job on something, seal it with a decent clear um, sealer. That'll keep the prop actually nice and pretty for years to come. And if it scratches, it scratches the top layer and it's easy to buff out. Yeah. But always finish a prop the way you think it should be finished. Don't do a rush job on the finish. Literally go, hey, this feels done. But... Make sure you're satisfied with it, but don't go overboard because getting too nitpicky can have its setbacks as well. Right. And once again, never fear failure. The hobby of prop building is nothing but trial and error, so no one's a master of this, and honestly, there's going to be an error in every piece as long as you do it, big or small. Take pride in knowing that you built it in the first place. Because when you go to a convention and people see your outfit... Like when I did a Lisa from God Eater Burst, not everyone knew who it was, but they were impressed with the huge fucking sword I made because it looked really good. Yeah. Because I spent four or five months on that and it helped me get through a breakup, but that's a different topic. But it, it, but the work shows is the point I'm getting at. And ironically, that's how we met because I saw that <laughs> big ass fucking all sword and I like God Eater. So. Yeah. And. There's a reason it's probably a decent note cosplay in mind, and people want me to bring it back, but I'd have to, again, remake the sword, remake the outfit, and there's a couple of other effects. Fuck, I'd do, later. Co- I'd yeah. do a God Eater cosplay just for that. Oh, no, yeah, God Eater's great. But other tips on how to make props that we haven't really covered yet, you can look around your house for stuff you can modify. You don't need the top-end gear, and we can't stress this enough. Like I said earlier, I, I specialize a lot in foam. And foam isn't expensive, and it isn't hard to get. And I specialize in wood. Wood is a bitch when you first start working with it, but once you actually understand what you're doing, you don't need much. You just need exactly what you need, and then you go from there. But when it comes to looking around your house for stuff, I like to actually think about my favorite comedian of all time, Red Green, when he pretty much says, anything can be done with the handyman's secret weapon duct tape. Yeah, it can fix everything if you have the right mind and put it towards it. But really, anything on your house, if you have an idea, and if you think you can fold it and make it to the finished product that you want, go for it. It doesn't hurt to try if it's not that much in uh, cost. Right. And don't limit yourself to cosplay or props or anything that you want to make. Look into other people that are using different techniques. Uh, we brought it up in the cosplay episode about how I like to just sit back and listen to Bob Ross. 
Another thing that I would highly suggest is you make a draft of your prop with like just basic construction paper if you're going if you can because it it gives you an idea of how your process is coming along before you commit to the final material and then it can also help you save in some areas because you that way you can do a rough draft of the prop before starting on the final build and paper isn't very expensive and it's not too hard to fix because that's what i did for yang's gauntlet for example is because i can put tape i mean paper around my hand with tape i can get at least a decent idea of the design before i commit to it fully oh yeah i remember that damn thing yeah See, you do that. I personally suggest poster board because it's thicker. Well, it's you got a lot more. Yeah. Work well, yeah. Depending on the type of prop you're going for, because obviously for something that's going around my arm, paper is going to be easier than poster board. But for something that's straighter, like a sword that you're going to be holding, yeah, poster board makes more sense. If right. that make, if, if that makes, oh yeah, sense. Yeah. Also, once again, don't forget to research what's allowed at the convention that you're going to or the local ones in your area. Some things that we say are allowed. And some things are not allowed. You always want to check um, size regulations and anything, materials that they don't Yeah, want to size see. is at least usually four feet or your height. It's usually one of the two. Hmm. That's a safe bet. Funny story about that. There was a convention, I want to say in New York, that banned the use of wooden weapons. And that confused the shit out of a lot of people because it's like, are you stopping people from using wooden props? What the hell? Yeah, that is kind of confusing, but there also are wooden weapons, to be fair. This so. is also true. But, no, that's one of those things where I'm like, look into what conventions allow you to do. Because some places say, hey, we don't want to see fucking resin cast weapons because of XYZ. I'm not saying that that has actually happened, because I haven't seen it yet. But I am saying that stuff like that happens. Yeah. So, for sure. So, what can you do if your prop breaks at the convention after you spent so long building it because eventually you'll get a scratch or an oopsie is going to happen unfortunately it happens you can't control people and everything in your surroundings so there are a couple of different things that you can do there are sometimes cosplay repair stations at conventions where you can go there and you can get your uh cosplay repaired or your prop repaired if you're lucky if you're lucky there are also some nice nice people who cosplay as cosplay repair stations and it's very few and far between. But there are people who did it. And I saw them at Asa and I took a photo and I posted it. I was like, thank you for your service because not like they're a gift. Yeah. They are literally a walking <laughs> medic station for any prop or any costume anywhere. And like some cons like Anime Expo do have a cosplay repair station, which is nice. Not all of them have, not all conventions have this, but some do. Now, in an earlier episode, we did talk about for cosplayers to have a survival kit. Something that you can... Essentially, the cosplay medic bag. Yeah. Things that you want to keep with you at all times, or at least in your room in case something bad happens. Yep. And, and there are basically five key things that we want to go over. Yep. Uh, the first one is glue. You either want a hot glue gun, because hot glue gun is number one lord and savior after Zaboomafu. Yep. And then, if not, you want glue sticks, because glue sticks are also very useful. And super glue on some rare occasions, depending on the type of super glue. Yep. Now, a needle and thread will save any cloth piece. Now, the funny thing about that, if you are in an emergency situation and a foam piece breaks and you have a leather-working needle on you and some thick thread, guess what? That some bitch is getting cinched back on because I've done that before. Now, a heat gun is another important thing to have because it can help paint dry in some cases. Now, let, it, let me stress this. 
a heat gun is a very dangerous tool. It can be. So, it's one of those things that you can have it on you, just tread carefully if you can have it on you. Because I, I, I've never done this myself at a fucking hotel, but I've done it in my own house where I have melted carpet with a heat gun because I wasn't paying attention. Just, just err on the side of caution when you're using that yeah. side Also, in addition to the heat gun I mentioned, paint and paint brushes in case you need to touch up a prop or something along those lines. Because sometimes something can get scratched on the way over, so you want to touch it up real quick. Or you, or something happened when you're bringing the stuff into the hotel, and you want to make it just get that finishing touch on there to make it look nicer. Now, there's another thing that I should point out with this: don't bring spray paint. Bring acrylic. acrylic. Yeah, and make sure you bring newspaper or scrap paper to put underneath it so you do not damage the hotel. That's another thing we yes. need to state. Please never damage the hotel. These uh, companies are allowing us to stay at their lovely resorts. Please do not fuck us up. Yeah, otherwise we won't be able to come back. Now, the last one is Warblood and Wonderflex. Now, a lot of people swear up and down by building entire suits of armor, weapons, what have you, out of Warblood and Wonderflex. I personally don't agree with this. Not only is it super expensive and insane to try and do that with, but it's one of those things where I personally try and use it for small niche things. Certain details that I want to get into pieces. So a while back I made a prop almost 100% out of PVC and MDF. But I used Wonderflex as the trim. And at one point during the convention, the somebody knocked into my prop. The trim got ripped off. I went back upstairs, heated it back on. Nobody was the wiser. It's a great material for like fringes and things that you can cut out. If you want to make armor out of it, more power to you. Personally, I I can't. I'd recommend PVC foam personally. I think it's easier to work with and meld to your body. That's just me. Oh yeah. So that basically covers the intro guide to props for this week. The one thing I do want to cover before we go is that our photo shoot meetup did move. We had it set in August but we have moved it to October the 19th. And because we're releasing this on the 6th, I figured I'd throw an FYI for you guys. We are doing it October 19th at the Cantigy Gardens. Uh, and it's I believe it's in the afternoon. I, I have to research the exact times. But there's a Facebook event, which we have linked on the Facebook page. So if you want to check it out there and show up, cool. If, if you can make it, that's great. If, if you're from like a surrounding state like Wisconsin or Michigan, that's obviously a little far, but... If you can make it down for that Saturday, that weekend, that'd be cool. Hmm. So I think, honestly, this is one of those episodes that we wrapped up pretty nicely. Yeah, we, it was short, sweet, and to the point. We didn't get into the very nitty-gritty of some things, but we'll do a detailed prop episode. Let us know what type you'd like to see first, material-wise or weapon-type-wise. We can go from there, because it's going to be, obviously, very nitty-gritty, depending on which topic you guys choose. So just let us know. Right. And no topic is too hard for us. We will find a way to get you guys to get the stuff covered as much as humanly possible. That or we will take the time to research it and bring it to you at a later date when we think it's efficient. Yes. So 
If you like what you heard, if you like what you're listening to, please hit us up on Patreon. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell anybody that you like. Even tell your dog. Also, if you'd like a shout out on our show, you can contact us on our coffee and we will shout you out. Yes. And please feel free to follow us on all social media. We're on Twitter. We're on, well, we have an Instagram. We just haven't touched it yet. We are on Facebook. We We even have a YouTube that we're uploading to soon too. So check that out. And then we'll start uploading more on Instagram, too, like you said. So yeah, we're basically everywhere that you can find us. We, I hope to see you at RamenCon. I'll have cards if you want to come up and talk to me. And then hopefully we can get things worked with at Ace Comic Con. And we might even be there, too. We'll let you guys know how that pans yes. out as press. As always, guys, it's been lovely talking to you. And I hope you have a great month. Yep. Have a great September. Yes, this is Jax. This is Caleb. And we'll wake you up when September ends. Peace. Wood is my body. Plastic is my blood. I have created over a thousand props, unaware of the beginning, nor aware of the end. I have withstood the pain of inconsistent bullshit. My hands will never hold, yet my body's flame never ends. My whole body was still a limited prop works. My body is made out of props. My blood is of iron and my heart of glass. I have overcome countless conventions, never once retreating, not even once being victorious at an anime convention. The orphan is alone again, striking diamond, dust on a hill of unfinished props. But this life is not yet over. This false body was still made of props.